Good morning. It's the last day of 2017, which seems remarkable to me, and I'm glad that I'm able to spend at least part of this day with all of you here today worshiping together. I kind of wish that we could have the last day of the year be a Sunday every year. It just seems to be appropriate for some reason. Let me give you a quick Project 9K update. Project 9K is our Bible reading challenge for 2017, and to date we as a congregation have read 5,738 books of the Bible. I was checking the totals this morning, I saw that at least 31 different people have read through the Bible at least once during 2017. A couple of you are really close, like 64, 65 books of the Bible. So, you know what you need to do this afternoon? You need to go read those last couple of books of the Bible. Report those results so that you can also be part of that group that read through at least once. We have people that read as many as six times through the Bible in 2017, which is truly a wonderful and remarkable feat. So, good job, everybody reading the Bible in 2017. And I want you to know we're going to continue with our series of Bible reading challenges in 2018. And we brought together a focus group and we hired consultants to come up with like a really catchy name so that it would be something that would spark your interest. And they came up with this. Our Bible reading challenge in 2018 is going to be called the Bible reading challenge. So it was money well spent. I'm glad that we did that. So Be looking for the Bible reading challenge. I found that I'm not very good at like setting goals. (laughs) You know, 9,000, that sounded really good, but it was not realistic apparently. So we'll just have a challenge to read as many as we can, and we'll continue to update you on the progress throughout 2018. The reason that we're doing this is that for many of us, this has become a really important thing. It's become an important habit, part of our routine. It's a way that we hold ourselves and we hold each other accountable to do our daily Bible reading. So we'll continue to send out the reminder emails, we'll continue to collect the number of books, we'll periodically report on the the results, the totals, and we'll do that so that we'll make sure that we can continue with those habits that we have made, that we've ingrained to immerse ourselves in God's Word. So if you have been part of the Bible Reading Challenge the last couple of years, I want to encourage you to continue in 2018. And if you haven't been participating in our Bible Reading Challenges, I want to strongly encourage you to make 2018 the year where you make daily Bible reading a part of your routine, part of your habit. It's something that's important to be immersed in God's Word. We should all be reading His Word regularly, daily. So please make that one of your New Year's resolutions to read your Bible every day. As most of you know, we've been in a series of sermons from the book of Romans. We took a break last week as Larry spoke to us. We're going to take a break this week and the next couple of Sundays as we introduce our 2018 Netherwood Park theme. We'll get back to Romans fairly soon. When we do, we'll pick up in chapter 6. So our 2018 theme at Netherwood Park Church of Christ, as you might have seen on the new banners that are hanging up on the wall, is out of the boat, living uncomfortably. And this theme is taken from Matthew chapter 14, the story that we find there of Peter walking on the water. So why this theme? Why out of the boat, living uncomfortably? Well, one of the reasons why is because the elders told me that I couldn't have our theme be fish or cut bait. So we decided to have something that was a little nicer than that. Out of the boat, living uncomfortably. Why this theme? 
Well, the roots of this theme go back at least eight years. As many of you will remember, back in 2010, our elders presented an assessment of where they saw Netherwood Park at that time, and then also cast a vision of what they would like Netherwood Park to look like in the year 2020. The 2010 assessment was subtitled, Often Uncomfortable, But Something is Missing. Often Excuse me, often comfortable, but something is missing. Often comfortable. The appearance of the word comfortable to describe Netherwood Park back then is part of the reason why we have a theme now that stresses being uncomfortable. I want to read you the opening two paragraphs from that document, Netherwood 2010. The elders wrote this. They said, we find comfort in many things. Our historical stability, attendance numbers, financial soundness, and absence of deep conflicts. Our multiple family ties and long-standing friendships give great comfort to those who share in them. Many work hard at long-standing ministries and activities, and we find comfort in participating and doing good. We pray for each other in many ways and comfort each other in our sorrows. Our Sunday worship is comfortable and comforting for many of us, though not all. We rejoice when Christians new to the area or those from other local churches join with us. We rejoice in the friendly buzz of conversation that fills our auditorium before and after our meetings. In many ways, we are a comfortable and comforted community. But... We know that comfort is not the real purpose of Christ's church. So in 2010, the elders looked around and they looked in the mirror and they said, we see a church that is comfortable. Comfortable in our stability, comfortable in our relationships, comfortable in our familiar ministries, comfortable in our familiar routines. And the elder said, in essence, all of those comforting things are good things. But being comfortable and working to maintain our comfort, those aren't the mission of the church. In fact, being comfortable seems to be masking the fact that something is missing. So then they looked forward to 2020. They cast a vision and the elders envisioned a congregation that continued to be stable and continued to have strong relationships, but maybe wasn't quite so comfortable. So the Netherwood 2020 vision statement is subtitled, Confident, Committed, and Sometimes Uncomfortable. Let me give you some excerpts from that document. By the way, I wanted to let you know that both of these documents can be found on our website if you want to read more from those documents. So here's some excerpts from Netherwood 2020. The elders wrote, We urge members to commit to seven core activities. We learn God's word through individual study, through meaningful and challenging sermons, and through a design sequence of classes. We imitate Christ's example and help others do so by personal prayer, by our community worship, by membership in a small group, and by mentoring and being mentored. 
We serve by working in a congregational ministry designed to serve the congregation or the surrounding community in a specific way. And doing these seven things together, we will grow beyond superficial acquaintance to develop deep Christ-centered relationships with each other. And as we grow, as we compare ourselves with Jesus, and as we struggle to be more like him, it sometimes makes us uncomfortable. But we know that discomfort and struggle are signs of growth. And then they continued and said, living as Christ's disciples, we can also focus on evangelism. We are grounded and secure in our faith and excited and passionate about our relationships with God and with each other. Thus, we always search for opportunities to share Christ with others. And when we do, some scoff, some delay, but some believe. And we expect to have new believers among us, and we are intentional about helping them grow as disciples, working and planning to introduce them to our community and our expectations. And sometimes this makes us uncomfortable. But we know that discomfort and struggle are signs of growth. They said, we know that discomfort and struggle are signs of growth. So back in 2010 and looking ahead to 2020, the elders recognized that if we're going to grow to be more like Jesus, we'd have to be willing to accept discomfort, willing to embrace struggles. Looking forward to 2020, our elders in 2010 recognized that if we're going to grow this church by bringing others to Christ, we have to embrace struggles. We have to accept the fact that sometimes we're going to be uncomfortable. So the roots of this year's theme go back a ways, at least to 2010. And if you've been noticing, this isn't the first theme we've adopted in an effort to take us out of our comfort zones and into the often uncomfortable world that we see around us. Our theme in 2016 was equipped to serve. And through 2016, we stress that our times together as a church should be equipping times. We come to the comfort of the church to be equipped to leave these walls and join in the often uncomfortable work that Jesus is already doing outside these walls. And then in 2017, our theme has been living the word in the world. And we've been focused throughout 2017 on not being content with sitting in our comfortable pews, listening to comfortable messages while sipping on our comfort coffee. Instead, we've been encouraging each other to go out and live the word. Live that word that we read. Live the word that we hear. Knowing that the words that are so comfortable for us to hear are oftentimes uncomfortable for us to actually live. So the roots of this year's theme go back a ways. You might also remember a while back, Curtis spoke to us about getting out of the comfort of our boats to join Jesus' uncomfortable work. And if you were here on a Wednesday night, you might have heard Derek Doyle speak to us about his experiences and getting out of his boat 
to serve in uncomfortable ways. The roots to this year's theme go back a ways. And here we are about to enter 2018. And I thought it'd be appropriate to give you a Netherwood 2018 status update. And this is my update. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's time for us to get uncomfortable. It's time for us to get out of the boat. And to help us see why we should get out of our boats, out of our comfortable boats, and to help us learn what we should expect to happen when we do get out of our comfortable boats, let's look once more at Jesus' journey, at Peter's journey out of his boat as he walked toward Jesus. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 14. If you want to grab your Bible, follow along, Matthew 14. And as we join this story, Jesus has just been told that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And Jesus, apparently feeling a need for some time alone, a time to mourn, a time to pray, a time to be in a solitary place, Jesus takes a boat and he goes to what he hopes will be a solitary place. But this planned solitary time alone doesn't work out as planned. Because as Jesus arrives at his landing place, the crowds have already made their way by foot to that spot, and they're waiting on him. And Jesus looks at the crowd, and in compassion, he heals their sick, and he feeds them. He feeds 5,000 men plus women and children with two fish and five loaves of bread, and there's even leftovers afterwards. So we pick up the story. This is what has just happened. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And we read that immediately after feeding that crowd, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself, finally, to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So there's the setup. Jesus is still on the shore. His 12 disciples are in a boat. They're out on the lake, and a storm has come up. And so during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. And Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. Well, I don't know how you feel about boats and how you feel about the water. I grew up in the desert. I'm not particularly comfortable with boats or water. But I'll tell you this. If I'm in a boat and I'm in the middle of a lake and the wind is blowing and the waves are throwing us around, I can't imagine ever making the decision that it's better for me to get out of the boat. Because the boat floats and I don't. The boat has a bottom and the boat has sides. And this boat has experienced sailors in it. The boat provides safety. The boat provides security. 
the boat provides comfort. This boat, compared to the winds and the waves and the water, this boat is comfortable. There's no way I would get out of the boat. My fear of what's outside the boat would keep me inside the boat. So this year, in 2018, we'll be asking ourselves this question. What is our boat? What is it we cling to? What is it we take comfort in? What are we afraid to leave behind? Where do we find our comfort and security? What's holding us back? What's keeping us in that comfortable boat? Remember, in this story, there were 12 men in the boat. And 11 men chose to remain comfortable. Only one, only Peter got out of the boat. Only Peter wasn't afraid to leave the boat behind. So why did Peter leave the boat? Why did Peter get out of the boat? In verse 28 we read, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat. Why did Peter do that? Well, in simple terms, the reason that Peter got out of the boat was because that's where Jesus was. Because Jesus said, come, Peter went. And because Peter went, Peter did something he never could have done alone. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Listen to that again. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Well, we know this story really well, don't we? And because we know this story well, we know what's about to happen to Peter in this story. Because we are focused on what's about to happen to Peter, we oftentimes lose sight of what just happened to Peter. Peter got out of the boat. Peter walked on water. Peter came toward Jesus. You're intelligent, educated people. I probably don't need to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. People can't walk on water. That can't happen. It's not possible. It's not possible with our own power. And if Peter had to rely on his own power, he would have been much better staying in the boat. But here's Peter's attitude. Peter's attitude is, I'm better off outside the boat with Jesus than better off in, than I would be in the boat without Jesus. See, where's true safety and security? Where's true comfort? It's with Jesus, and Jesus is outside the boat. So why should we get out of the boat? Well, simply put, because that's where Jesus is. We get out of the comfort of our boats to experience the presence of God, to experience the power of God. That's where Jesus is. We get out of our comfortable boats so that we can do with God's help what we could never do on our own. And we get out of our comfortable boats to grow in ways that we could never grow while we stay in our comfortable boats. Peter walked on the water toward Jesus. Don't think for a moment 
that this walk didn't help prepare him for the difficult walks that were still to come for Peter. It's like Peter, we have to get out of the boat. We have to get uncomfortable and we have to struggle in order to grow in our walks. And that's not to say it's going to be easy. It's not easy to get out of the boat. As we continue in this story, verse 30, we read about Peter and what happened to Peter. When Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? It's scary out of the boat. There's wind out there. There are waves out there. And those things distract us. Those things remove our focus. And oftentimes we start to sink. So this is full disclosure time about getting out of the boat. Here's what I guarantee you will happen if you get out of your boat. If you're willing to get uncomfortable, if you're willing to move out of your comfort zone and follow Jesus out on the scary water, here's what will happen to you. You will fail. It will happen. It might be because you say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You may lose your nerve. You may take that first step out of the boat, but never get up the nerve to take the second You may have really good intentions as you step out of the boat, but then not have any follow-through on those good intentions. You might do the right thing today, but then find yourself doing the wrong thing tomorrow. You will fail if you're willing to leave the comfort of the boat and walk towards Jesus. But as we learn from this story, when you fail... If you will call out and if you will reach out to Jesus, he will pick you up. I guarantee you, he will pick you up. He will not let you drown. He will keep your head above the water. And after you fail and after Jesus picks you up, you'll be encouraged to get out of the boat again. We know quite a bit about Peter, and Peter failed here. But he failed after he did something amazing. He walked on the water. And Peter will fail again. And Peter will fail again. Peter will deny Jesus three times, and Jesus will pick him up. Peter will hypocritically join with Jewish Christians in their unreasonable demands of Gentile Christians, and Jesus will pick him up. And when we choose to get out of our boats and walk towards Jesus, we will fail. But Jesus will pick us up. And every time that Jesus picks us up, we're going to learn and we're going to grow and we're going to be encouraged to get out of our boat again. You see, once we see that we were able to take even a step or two, we'll be more confident the next time that we'll be able to take three or four steps. Once we experience the fact that Jesus won't let us drown, we're not going to be as afraid of the wind, not as afraid of the waves, not as afraid of the water. 
when we dare to get out of the boat, something amazing will happen. Every now and then, we'll find ourselves walking on water towards Jesus. We'll find ourselves doing amazing things through the power of God. And when we walk on water and when we see that we're able to do things with God's help that we could never do alone, that's when we experience the power and the presence of God in our lives. Eleven men stayed in the boat. They remained safe and they remained comfortable and they got to see something really cool. They got to see Peter walk on the water towards Jesus. They got to see that. And that amazed them, and that led them to worship Jesus as the Christ. That's really cool to be able to see Peter walking on the water. It's pretty cool to sit in the boat and watch Jesus working through others to do things they could never do on their own. But we're called to more than that. The Christian walk isn't a spectator sport. We've been invited by God. We've been called by Jesus to get out of our boats and walk with him on the water. We've been invited to experience the power and presence of God ourselves. So there's a new year about to dawn. It's going to dawn just hours from now. And our question as we go into this new year is this. Are you going to stay comfortably in your boat? Or are you going to join Jesus out on the water? Are you going to stay comfortably in your boat? Or are you going to join Jesus out on the water? Let's pray. Father, you've blessed us in so many ways. So many ways that give us comfort, that give us security. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for having places of refuge. But Father, we know that your work doesn't take place just in those places of refuge, but your work is taking place out on the scary waters. And Father, my prayer is that you will give us the courage to step out of our boats and to walk with Jesus out into the world, Father, so that we can see you work through us in amazing ways, in ways that we know we couldn't do on our own. Father, help us be your hands and your feet. Help us be your voice. Help us be your light to the dark world around us. Father, help us get out of the boat and walk with Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. So living uncomfortably, we're comfortable people. So one of the things that we're going to do throughout this next year is we're going to have a series of uncomfortable challenges. Some of those challenges will be small challenges and some of those challenges will be big challenges. But every one of the challenges will be designed to help us get comfortable with being uncomfortable And next week, we're going to start with our very first challenge. And here's our challenge for next week. It's going to take place on Sunday morning during this time, during worship service. Our challenge is for everybody to sit in a different part of the auditorium than they normally sit in. 
I can already tell you're going to be uncomfortable. So let me put this in kind of graphic ways, okay? So those of you who are members of the Northside congregation, you know who you are. I want to invite you to visit your brothers and sisters in the Central or the Southside congregation, okay? And those of you who are members of the Southside congregation, by all means, please visit the Central Church or the Northside Church. And those of you right in the middle that can't really make up your mind, right, if you're North or South, next week, make a decision and go visit the Northside congregation or the Southside congregation, it may start church a little late with all of the chaos next week, but remember to do that next week. Your uncomfortable challenge is to sit in a different section of the auditorium than you normally do. I guarantee you, you'll meet some people that you probably haven't met. You'll have some conversations with some people you haven't talked to in years. So please take the uncomfortable challenge next week and let's start being uncomfortable Well, as we end our time together, we're going to stand, we're going to sing a song, we're going to encourage each other to get out of the boat and stand up for Jesus. Let's stand, let's sing. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd.